There's a great new book on live streaming. It's a number one bestseller, and it will help you go live for the first time or improve if you haven't uh, gotten exactly where you want to go. This will help you get there. It's also a great reference guide, and we've got the author here, Kevin Colby, joins us on live stream deals to talk about live streaming and YouTube Stay tuned. Let's do a show. Hey, gang. Ross Brand here for Livestream Universe. Welcome to Livestream Deals. It's our sixth anniversary of Livestream Deals. Six years. We started on Facebook Live in 2017. The show became a podcast in 2018, and now it originates on YouTube, sometimes on Amazon Live. We're so glad you joined us. If you're new to live stream deals, this is the show where we feature great products and services for live streamers, podcasters, and content creators. We interview the people who make the products, whether it's the authors who write the books, as we're going to do today, or the founders, CEOs, or brand reps for some of the great gear and software and other products you use in your content creation. Anyway, let's get right to it. We've got a wonderful guest for our sixth anniversary. It's Kevin Colby. He's been a contributor to all three of my books. He was a part of our fifth anniversary Livestream Universe show, now part of the sixth uh, anniversary of our Livestream Deals show and podcast and let's bring him on, the great Kevin Colby, and not only YouTuber, but now a number one best-selling author. Welcome, Kevin. Great to have you on the show. Man, you didn't tell me when you invited me. This is like the sixth anniversary. This is actually, dude, that is cool. That yeah. is cool. I don't know that I've stated anything that long. <laughs> well, it's the uh, 106th episode, if I counted correctly. Wow a few a little while ago um but regardless um you're here because you've got a great book and the time is right to talk to you um i am super honored that you asked me to write the uh forward to the book uh but i'm telling you as somebody who's been involved in live streaming since 2015 and worked in broadcasting before that you're the perfect person to deliver this message you made it so that you could read it today and literally go live tomorrow and know what you're doing before we get into the book which is called live streaming made easy and that is an easy title to remember live streaming made easy there's a link to get the book in the video description um you could also go to my shop on amazon it'll be the first product that you find there uh, either way, uh, check it out. It's it's a it's a great book. I wanted to ask you. You've done so many different things in this realm, from being today, uh, you know, a fast growing YouTube creator and a popular instructor for a lot of people on learning about live streaming and video creation. You've got a background in radio and television. Just tell everybody a little bit about your background. Uh, in terms of how it relates to uh, putting this book together. Yeah, and thank you. And by the way, and I've said this before, uh, you were my only choice for writing the forward. So, thank you. Uh, it's it's 
fair and honest to say I wouldn't have had one if you hadn't have said yes. And oh, and I, thank you. you know, I'm okay with begging. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super honored and I'm, I'm super happy for how the book turned out. It's really a wonderful, wonderful accomplishment. Thanks. Um, you know, it's funny. I probably my my nature of of just being able to turn a mic on or a camera and talking and stuff like that, which really does lend itself to live streaming. I, you know, I didn't think about it, but I, I probably got some of that from my mom. So, you know, my parents don't have internet. They still refer to it as the Facebook if they remember the name of it. And but she's always had this she could go talk to anybody about any anything and and i think i uh, got that part of her personality in me and you know i was always fascinated with the radio growing up um and so when i had the chance to start in radio that's actually what started me in the wonderful world of media of course that was that you know we refer to that as traditional media you know but it was like, wow, this is this is so cool. And I was just I, I there was something about just turning on the mic and talking, which then you immediately realize you don't see who you're talking to. I mean, at least this way, I'm right, looking at right. a lens and my big noggin on the monitor above it. I can look over and see you. But, you know, on radio, it's like you're talking to to a mic. And unless somebody calls, then you're you know, you're kind of hoping they're listening. And then from there, I transitioned into television. And worked in TV for most of my uh, most of my my I, I was starting to say professional career. I was in TV for like probably thirty years, wow. working at different um, affiliate networks: Fox, NBC, ABC, CBS. Even worked uh, uh, did and and a lot of this was as creative director and did some stuff with the CW as well. And you know, going live, especially with a station that had a news station. I mean, we did it all the time. It was like no big deal. We, uh, my team at the last station I was at, we produced uh, three seasons of a show called Give Me the Mic, which was similar to American Idol. We had American Idol at the time before it, it went to the other network. <laughs> um, and what ended up happening was we would pre-record a bunch of the shows and then we would do the finale live. And so, yeah, a live production is different than what we're doing right now. To a degree, um, but I just I think it's it's never been intimidating uh, just to turn a mic on, look at a camera, and talk. And I think that led into it. And if you kind of transition that over into the book, you know, I mean, the more I've been a solo content creator, I I just I think I can overcomplicate anything. And I think part of that is just the way I'm wired. I'm a perfectionist, which is not necessarily a good gift to have if you're a creator. <laughs> and then coming from the world of, you know, broadcast, where everything you tried to perfect it before you ever put it out there. And now, you know, where I think being real is really better than did I get that edit right and say right. it right. And so I just thought that, you know, it, it shouldn't be that hard to be able to live stream because, and it can lead to so much stuff, period. I mean, whether you're a business, nonprofit, personal brand, just want to have fun, it just shouldn't be that hard. And so that was kind of the, the genesis of starting it. Uh, it actually started as a checklist. And I thought that was going to offer, you know, as a lead magnet. And I kept thinking, you know, what if, what if I just expanded this to, to be more in depth, to help somebody go from kind of A to Z. So that's, 
that's the uh, that's the long version of it. <laughs> well, usually when you hear and here here's the book live streaming made easy, beautiful cover that you did a, as you. well, Kevin. Um, one of the things you usually hear from people is, you know, I had heard it was it was rough to write a book or whatever, but it's the hardest thing I've ever did, or it's hard. You, I would say you sweated a little bit less than most people did. Um, you, you really either you didn't show it, um, or you just really came to this kind of medium of, of writing a book and self-publishing with a lot of confidence and a lot of cool, because it seemed to come together from you telling me you're working on a book until you had it done and it was up. And next thing I noticed, you're, you're number one in podcasts and web Cast yeah. in the U.S. and you're you're starting to chart internationally, and I'm following you know a little bit to see how you're doing, and it's like, wow, he he had a home run on his his first at bat. You know, I remember when we were talking, and you you asked me at one point, um, you know, like how long it was going to take or, or what my goal was, and I think my my original goal was I wanted to get it written, done, and published in two weeks, and you were like, oh really? <laughs> <laughs> and again, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Um, I, I'm very impatient. So I think there was that part. Uh, there was also the part of more I got into it. I wanted to finish it and I wanted to get it out there. I, I didn't know. So like from a, from a video producer, there's something about working on the video and then seeing it online, seeing it on YouTube. Or if I'm doing something for a client, seeing it on their website and, and then right. use it. That I'll be honest, that just doesn't get old. It never got old in television when we would see our work, and I say ours as our team, on TV. But, you know, seeing the book on Amazon, <laughs> I mean, actually getting the I mean, the having copy, that thing you can hold is oh, amazing. Is. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, if you were to ever ask my wife, when I got the proof copy, it was like I, I, I changed to like an eight-year-old boy. At right, Christmas, right. I, it was, it was just, it was unreal. Um, it, it was, I don't want to say it was harder than I thought in the things, what I didn't know. Like when you got to the whole self, and the reason I, if, if somebody's curious, the reason I chose self-publishing is I think it's that independent it's, it's being that solo content creator. I don't have a team and not against teams. I just, I've worked with one for years, but right. I, there was something about that independence, like I want to be able to do this, and then I'll outsource what I need to, like uh, the 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 guy that formatted it, um, that you you hooked me up with, that was phenomenal. Um, the guy that actually took the design and then formatted that to upload it. Right. But uh, you know, hitting that publish button, there's that. Okay, is it, do, uh, do I really want? Well, I don't. Yeah, maybe uh, I don't know. And then you hit it, and I think I immediately went downstairs. With my wife and I was like, "Yeah, I don't know if I should," <laughs> you know. But it was different. Um, but I also think that, and we, I think we talked about this uh, maybe on the live stream we did, is that doing different things I think stretches us as creators. Um, I enjoy writing. I mean, I, most of what I do is video. I enjoy writing. Um, I, it, it, it doesn't always come like, you know, that, right. uh, but I enjoy it and I tend to write conversational and I think I kind of went into that, into the book and there were days when it was just like, I just wrote, 
and I didn't know where it was going to go, and I just wrote and stopped. So there's a little bit of that. So I, I don't know that th that part of it, I felt at home, you know, just mm -hmm. writing. But then when you get to the, oh, now I've got to turn this into a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's really different. a difference between writing and writing a book. Like yeah. the book part of it is a is a whole different sort mm -hmm. of set of things that you, you need to learn. Um, now, having gone through the process and being on the other side of the hardest parts of it, would you do another book? Oh, dude. I, <laughs> I, yes. Yeah. I, you know, and again, because of just the way I'm wired, I, I, I'm, I would be lying if I didn't say that I would like to do another one by the end of the year. I don't know that that's feasible <laughs> Wow. because there's other things I'm trying to work on. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, this wasn't the first when I wanted to do a book, I keep a do list. And when I, when I had on there, write a book, this right. wasn't the book I had in mind, but it was the book that I just kind of felt called to write that kept, I kept, you know, like, well, let me do this one. Let me do this one. And so now it's like, Ooh, I wouldn't mind doing a book about this and a book about this. And, and I don't want to just stay in the same, I don't want to make everything about video and, and things like that. You know, I, there's, there's other things. Cause I mean, you know, we're, we're more than one thing in life. Right. right. And so, but yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I dude. Yeah. I, I want to be, I, I, I don't, I, yes. Yeah. How's that so, for a really bad answer? Yes. So before wanna... we get to the, uh, the tips on live streaming and talk a little YouTube, uh, two quick questions. One yep. is why live streaming versus YouTube? You're, you're probably, although you're an excellent live streamer, most people would probably say if there was one, their first identifier for you would probably be YouTuber or uh, video creator. Yeah. Although you, a lot of your videos are live streamed and you're an outstanding live streamer. And the second question is, if you did another book by the end of the year, what are you thinking in, in terms of a topic? Can you share that with us? Give us a little preview of what, what the next Kevin Colby volume might be. Yeah, I mean, I've thought about doing one on video podcasting. Um, I think the thing I struggle with is that different from live streaming. I mean, it is, but it's a part of it. But does that matter? Because not everybody's going to be interested in buying the live streaming book. Also, I, I, I'm also feeling like writing something to just help other creators create because we get in our in in the headspace. I mean, being you know working for yourself, being a solo creator. At least for me, completely different than going into the office every day, working for a television station, having a team. It's just completely different. And I think there's a lot to be said there to just encourage and motivate and empower people to just, you know, just create. And here's some things you can do. So I, that's that's where I would be leaning right now. Um, so video podcasting or something to encourage yeah. creators about the... Yeah you know, tips for the creator life and how to navigate that and survive yeah. that would would be a book that's really, really needed. Of course, video podcasting is hot right now, so oh, yeah. you can't yeah. go wrong with that either. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the reason I chose live streaming, again, is just it's, it's kind of where I felt called to write because I, I had, you know, that's probably how we met. I'm, yeah. I, you know, I, I can't remember. The funny thing is there's very few people in my life I remember how I met. And then you get on the web, 
and you meet so many people around the world and you don't remember I, I don't remember that first time well i don't know exactly when we first communicated but i know that i first saw you uh speaking at eddie garrison's live event so yeah. you were live streaming a talk and i was mm -hmm. had one coming up or vice versa and and that's how i first uh first found uh found out about you but like you say, we essentially we connected through a live stream. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and then I, you know, I've done some work with B Live, and I've done some work with Streamyard, and I've done some work with Ecam Live, and you know, it's just it's comfortable to me right, and right. talk about it. And I also think it's, you know, if somebody is brand new to video, now live can be intimidating, but it doesn't have to be. And it doesn't right. have to be that hard. And sometimes I just coach people, just go live. Just go live the first time and just kind right. of get it out of your system. <laughs> You'll realize, oh, the world's okay. I can do it again. All right. And now, I know I, I was going to ask you these tips that are easy, but now you've got a tip that this might be more of an advanced level thing. But I've got, I've got to ask you this because it comes across. You are so natural and comfortable being live or you – you fake it so well that um, you've got me completely fooled. But it seems to me if somebody was, um, particularly people who are more advanced and want to go to the next level, to look at what you're doing, it's how to be a natural conversationalist in what's sort of a unnatural environment. Like yeah. talking to you on a show is a lot like talking to you offline. There isn't a lot of difference and yet you kind of know where to maybe inflect a little more or pull back or say mm -hmm. less here or ask a question there. But how how long did it take you or what was involved mm -hmm. in, in sort of developing this persona where you're able to be so comfortable and casual and conversational without ever, ever, ever dipping in the professional aspect that you yeah. bring like you're, you're you're the first thing that comes across is how professional you are how good your voice is and all that but how are you able to do that and yet seem like you're just talking to me and talking yeah. to the audience and not at all phased by the fact that there's a camera in front of you that there's an audience there now you're like shit i never even thought about all that <laughs> Now but, the, yeah, but that's my question is that yeah. I think that's one of the things that, that, that really stands out um, in addition to your voice and your talent and all that is how natural and comfortable you are when the camera turns on. You know, and, and I appreciate that. That means a lot. Um, I The irony is when I, I wanted to be on radio mm -hmm. and then when I did, I, I – and. I don't, I don't remember a moment, but I don't, it never felt like it was a big deal. I, it was fun to be on radio, but it never felt like, oh, oh, I mean, oh, okay. I turn, you know, now every, every radio station, you were in radio, every radio station has a different setup. So when I got back into radio a couple of years ago, I worked for a local station for about a year and, you know, it was all digitized at that point. And so you, you know, it, it's a whole new system you've got to learn but the mechanics kind of stay the same. You turn the mic on and you're talking and, you know, and I've gone through the exercises of talking to one person, talking to a bunch of people. I, I, I think you talk, you know, right. and, and you talk, you, you talk to someone and if it happens to be some mini, that's okay. Right. Um, right. 
but I, the funny thing is that when I got into television, I had, I didn't have any desire. I mean, my first station I worked at ever was very small station. And they said, well, you know, do you want to learn how to edit? Sure. Do you want to learn how to, yes. Do you want to be on camera? Sure. I just wanted to work in TV. I didn't right, care. Right. And so they had me do the, the nightly news and sports update. Now these were like one minute. Right, they right. gave me a newspaper here, just pull from the paper. It didn't really matter. <laughs> Nobody was watching us anyway. And, you know, I, I liked it, but I, I always enjoyed the behind the scenes more. I enjoyed the editing, the, the, the filming and, you know, the producing and, and doing that and, and stations along the way, then I would be a lot of times the one working on the campaigns for our on air talent, you know, and, and the, I enjoyed that. So when it came time just to be on camera, it, I don't know. I just, I wasn't intimidated by it. I, it's just, it's weird to say it never bothered me looking into a lens and just talking. Maybe it's my personality. Maybe I don't know what I should be intimidated by. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't like cockroaches and spiders. I will throw them out. <laughs> but, so if one came across your desk while you were doing a show that, that might then, throw you slightly. <laughs> then you would just be seeing a mind. Um, and me, but you'd see the little, little pew, the little, right, water right, right. yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think that's it. Um, I, I've never liked teleprompters. I've never liked reading from a script. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'll do bullet points sometimes based on what I'm, I'm, you know, this mic was, was sent to me as a review. And so when I did the video on it, I had some bullet points I wanted to talk about. But I just, I like just the riffing. Mm -hmm. um, and the funny thing is too, and I, I, I was telling a friend about, it, we were talking about it the other night. I can kind of, not always well, self-edit in my head. And so I told him, I said, you know, you may watch sometimes and you, you, if you really pay attention, you'll hear me maybe just do a quick change. And that's mm -hmm. me, kind of my brain going shift gears or talk about this or you mentioned this or whatever. And I think it's just, it's not, it's not not caring, but it's just like just going for it and not worrying about it and just being me. I think the, you know, you bring something up, Ross, and I hadn't really thought about it. I think too often, and I'm guilty of this, when I've filmed something, shot something on tape and then edited it, I can get too much into a persona mm -hmm. as opposed to just being me in the edit where when you're live, you can turn it on for a little bit, but the longer you do it, the real you is going to come out. I, or should. <laughs> right, so, right. Good or bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're being yourself, but you're turning, turning the knob a little bit because it's a show and because yeah. you need to be focused and you yeah. want to be, thoughtful about what you say to some degree, but you also want to be real. And, yeah. but, but it starts with having a conversation with somebody just as you would offline. Um, I just want to say a quick hello. Dr. Stuart Buchan is here. He was a contributor uh, to the 100 prediction series. It's nice. great to see you both. Cheers from Bonnie, Scotland. Cheers to you, Dr. Stewart, Beauty Bubble is here. She says, Kevin has always presented himself as a natural, happy in his skin person. He has always appeared as if he is surrounded by many who consider him a friend. Just the thought from a viewer and fan. 
Wow. So very sweet. Very, very I... nice. Yeah. So let's turn our attention to, uh, well, the book, of course. And if you don't have it yet, uh, maybe I can figure out how to hold it in front of a camera. Um, <laughs> it's called Live Streaming Made Easy by Kevin Colby. You can find it on Amazon. There's a link in the description uh, for the book. Definitely check it out. It's available both as a paperback and uh, it's available at a very reasonable and fair price. If you like ebooks, uh, you can pretty much be done reading it tonight. If you get started soon, you can have it yeah. done. And tomorrow you can go live and do your first live stream. And, and that's kind of where I want to go, go with, uh, you know, kind of our next segment is yeah. ask you, um, what's the first thing you would tell somebody who's starting out? Uh, if you had to give somebody one tip, it could be something in the book, but it doesn't have to be. What's, what's that one thing uh, people should know before going live for the first time? Or yeah. if they've been going live for a while they should make sure that they're doing this one thing if, if they've if if so if i'm talking to somebody who's never gone live um it's probably a combination of two things one i i do think youtube is the best platform period hands down i think it's the i think i really do believe it's the only is it perfect no i do think it's the only platform that gives creators the most opportunity to reach the most people and make money and, and they're not paying me at all to say that right i just think i think it is that way having said that though if somebody is not comfortable going live, but they really want to, and Facebook is their thing, go live on Facebook. If it's Instagram, go live on Instagram. If it's LinkedIn, go go live where you're most comfortable to start with. I think that's one because you're you're used to that platform probably. And then, and I think gear is what holds most people back. Um, I I can tell you without a doubt that every time I think I've got every piece of gear I need, oh, look at that. And you know, and then all of a sudden, and the reality of it is you you can just get this, this gear acquisition thing. And it's like, how, you know, how many cameras do you need and lenses and blah, blah, blah. I would use what you have. Um, and you know, I, I'm sadly, I used to really, I won't say rag on, but I used to really like rail against, you don't want to use a webcam. You certainly don't want to use the, the camera in your laptop and now i'm like if that's what you've got use it you know if you're gonna well I, i'll start live streaming when i have a camera there's a good chance you won't because then it's like well which camera are you gonna get you know well what's the best camera there isn't well how much money you know and then it just goes on and on and on open your laptop it's not it it is not a great camera but that's okay live streaming um Dude, I just, I just, I did a video on this the other day because it blew my mind. There's a YouTuber named Ben of the Week. I think he's like, you know, 24, 25. And he, I think millions, millions of subscribers. To this day, he still shoots all of his videos on an iPad. Hmm. And just recently got a lav mic. And he's like, I don't care. I just don't like tech. Right. So I would say, you know, use what you have. If you have an iPhone, use it. If you have a webcam, use it. If you have the the built-in, use it. It's it's still gonna it's still gonna get there. Um, if you don't have a mic, get as close to the source that has audio, and then just start on the on the platform you're most comfortable with. 
and and see where it grows from there. Yeah. Um, okay, so you you're not worrying about your gear. You're going live with mm -hmm. what you have. Mm -hmm. um, how about uh, the first time you go live? Do you do you tell people to have some sort of a game plan? Do you tell them to do something um, specific in the beginning to help them ease into to doing yeah. their first live stream? I think it would depend on, and, and let me back up. I think this is a great question. And I think my answer has changed a little. So if, if, if it's just like we're doing, you know, you, if, if you're a business person, let's say you're a real estate agent right, and you're wanting to get into YouTube, you know, I would probably say have something to maybe a little bit more prepared, you know, don't, don't, don't overthink it, but, but just kind of like something you want to talk about, about real estate or whatever it might be. Other than that, I would say just get on and just talk about and share that this is, you know, if you don't even know what to talk about, make that's what you, you'd talk about. Most people won't see everything we do in, in life anyway. Rarely are they going to see our early videos and our early live streams. Not saying, you know, what nobody's ever going to watch. That's, that's not it. But right get on and, and share why why you're even doing this what you're nervous about what you want to do and then start thinking about what you want to do after that do i want to come on with the three things about the stock market or whatever uh you could do that right off the bat i would keep it simple i would really really keep it simple until you start kind of you know getting that flow i mean i know we're using Streamyard now we both like Streamyard, ecamm they make it easy. BeLive is, is is fairly easy to use as, as well. They're all different platforms, but you can, I mean, you can use Zoom and things like that. I think there's better platforms to use, but at the same time, use what you're comfortable with and just, just get on there and just start talking, you know? And even if nobody shows up, always at least act like you're talking to one person is there because you never know who's going to watch it later. Right. And then just have fun. What's the one thing that people should stop doing? What's the one cringeworthy thing or the thing that kills the 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 vibe, sort of sets them off as, you know, they don't know how to do this, they don't have it right or whatever. Like if you could tell people stop doing this one thing, you'll you'll you're just by that cheer act, you'll yeah. be further along <laughs> in, in in your progress stop saying, well, I'm going to wait for a few more people to get here before we start. Mm. Because what happens is if somebody's there, it's all of a sudden they've got the idea of like, oh, well, I don't matter. You know, I mean, it's not quite the same, but I just thought of the analogy, you know, you go to the restaurant and they say, well, how many is in your party? Six, but we're all here, but two. Oh, well, everybody will have to be here before we see you. Really? I mean, we're almost all here, <laughs> you know, and and it's probably a bad analogy, but I think that's one thing where it just, you know, just get into it. Just go. Um, I'm also not a fan, and I've done, look, trust me, I've done these. I've, I've absolutely done Well, Kevin's never, yeah, Kevin's done this too. I'm not a fan of adding a lot of filler to wait for the content to come up. Now, everybody does it different. I used to use countdowns. I don't use them anymore. By the way, I love your animation. Um, Thanks. I don't, I don't use countdowns anymore. I just get into it. There's nothing wrong with countdowns. There's a lot of debate about that. But I think the number one thing is people just going, well, you know, we're going to kind of wait. We're going to wait a little bit, you know, you know, maybe see some people come in here and 
just go just just absolutely go i mean you, you know you, when you hit that live give it all you got and after a few minutes if you feel like i've said everything and nobody's showing up then you know at, again talking to the camera hey i hope you got something out of this and remember to leave a comment if you're watching this later mm -hmm. and i'll see you next time there you go. I almost feel like we should be wrapping up, but we've got we've got more to do. Um, Dr. Stewart says it's all about the content and the connection you make with your viewers. Absolutely. How would you advise um, a beginner or or somebody who's new newer to live streaming to go about making that connection, managing the chat, bringing in some comments, perhaps without losing focus on the show and the larger audience because i think that's one of the toughest things which radio doesn't have to deal with although yeah. they take calls tv never has to deal with but live streamers not only are hosting and producing their own show but they also have comments coming in and a chat and uh a lot of times things can get off the rails as as people try hard to yeah. uh, bring the chat in or to decide how they're going to uh, address comments and questions and things like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of things. One, you can practice. Um, mm. Typically when I go live, um, unless just some reason now I, I have done those where it's just, you know, I just want to go live. I just haven't gone live in a while. I'm just going to go live and chat. I don't really have an agenda Right, I'm just right. going to hang out for a bit. People join me. That's fine. If not, then, you know, I'll just end it when I'm, I'm done. Um, most of the time I have some, some notes, some bullet points. I just, I just, I, and I'll, I'll do things as live sometimes um, just to kind of stay in that mode, but I'll always run through it just to kind of have an idea of where I want to go and stuff like that. It is easy to get distracted as a solo content creator, not having a producer. If you're getting a lot of comments, mm -hmm. um, you know, thankfully, when I was live streaming quite a bit for StreamYard on StreamYard's channel, you know, we had we had somebody looking at the questions as they were coming in because they would just be flying in sometimes. And so I would have somebody in chat, guest chat, say, hey, there's a, you know, Bob's got a question. Now, right, sometimes right. you'd have to go back and scroll and find the question. There's some things you can do. You can ask people to, you know, put a cue by their question or put you know, an emoji or something like that. And then they've got to remember to do that as well. It, so I think it's, it depends on what you're presenting. Like if, if you're going to go in and I, you know, I'm going to do an information minute and then if somebody's around, we'll answer. I know Nick Nimmin, I think he stopped this, but for a while he was live streaming on Friday, just like a YouTube news update. Mm. He did it as live, but he never addressed the comments. Now, you know, again, that worked for Nick. And Nick is an amazing creator. I have a problem with going live like that and never addressing anybody ever. You know, it's just, it, it feels like a little like paparazzi to me. You know, I'm not <laughs> going to talk to those people. So <laughs> I just think you have to get used to it. I do think over time, and it, let me say a couple of things. I think one is where you have your windows and everything like that. Like my monitor, if you can see my setup is right over here because mm -hmm. my camera is, and, and that's because I intentionally did this so the camera could be more eye level so I could look at it more directly like this and not up. So I do have to look over at the comments. I do think over time I've gotten more comfortable with that. It's, it is live. 
and I'm not producing a newscast where, you know, the anchor never looks off. They always just look at their co-anchor. Thank right, you. Right. The back, you know, they're not looking at the stage manager over here and the on-air light and stuff like that. I think what we're doing, you know, it's if I look off at a comment and go, oh, you know, Dr. Stewart said this or Beauty Bowl. You know, I, everybody you, knows you're reading the comments anyway. They're probably reading them in their own yeah, in their yeah, own video yeah, window. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it is easy. I will say it is easy to get out of the flow. Mm -hmm. um, good or bad, we can debate that, you know, where, you know, you're getting ready to make a point. You look over, somebody says something and you throw that out there. And and that can be a disconnect in the information. Mm -hmm. The flip side to that is, though, you can always, and it's getting easier and easier, re-edit to repurpose the live stream later and cut those things out if you wanted to. Right. Um, I just did that with our interview the other day. You and I went live for what, like 45 minutes or so to talk about the book. I repurposed it as a little over a six-minute video. So right, just getting right. to the stuff we talked about. Right, right. So there, there's ways to do it, but some of it just comes with it. I used to like go back and forth on Mike and the shot or not, Mike and the shot or not, Mike and the shot or not. And I was talking to my wife one day and she's like, honey, I, I think people know you're using a mic. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> like, you are a smart woman. That is true. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, some of the things I think we as professional content creators worry about 99% of the people don't. Yeah. I, I mean, I've always done Mike in the shot. Um, tried to find different ways to do it. I actually, I've been meaning to set up a low profile uh, boom arm, which will then be less distracting than some yeah. of the other ways to set it up. But I think with video podcasts becoming so popular now, uh, the trend that was kind of get the mic out of the shot. Now it's okay to have the mic in the shot because they, a lot of times they have the mic in the shot when they're doing a video podcast because oh, yeah. they really yeah. want to capture that, that audio up close and, uh, with the the best the best gear for capturing the audio for a podcast is generally a dynamic mic up yeah. close to the person who's who's speaking. Let's turn to YouTube because um, you mentioned YouTube. If there's one place you, yeah. you'd recommend people go, it's YouTube. What does a new live streamer need to know about getting started with a YouTube channel and? just kind of the mindset no. or the basic strategy parameters to keep in mind, because it's not the same as just going, I'm going to pick up my phone and go live on, on Instagram or, or, mm -hmm. or Facebook live or Twitter. Of course you can just pick up your phone and go live on YouTube right. and that, but generally you need a little bit more of a framework or idea of, of where things kind of fit together if you want to try and grow on on YouTube and build an audience there. Yeah, I mean, you know, on on the the grander scale, I mean, YouTube is a search engine. So people go there to look for things. It's I mean, really the 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 two types of content on YouTube is education and entertainment. Now, if you can blend both of those, that's huge. Right. right. But that's really what people are doing. So, you know, you have to keep that in mind when you're creating. I mean, there's there there needs to be a title to your video. You cannot upload or go live without a title to it. Now you could call it, Hey, <laughs> I wouldn't, but you could just call it, Hey, and that's a title. Um, 
you have a thumbnail, either YouTube picks for you, don't ever do that, or upload one like you did for this live stream, you created one and, and put it up there. So there's some basic things like that. You know, you create your YouTube channel, it's free, you've got to have a G, yeah, you've got to have a Gmail account, which mm -hmm. is free. And then there's some things you need to do in the back end. They're very, it's not that many things now, where you have to make sure you're your channel has been verified, which is not like paying to get a blue check or something. It's just like making sure you're who you say you are. And then it's kind of like gaming. They unlock some things. And one of the things they unlock is the ability to live stream. Hmm. And so then you can live stream. And if you decide you want to just live stream, you can do that. If you want a channel just on shorts, you can do that. If you want a channel that has all of those in there, you can do that as well. And, you know, the, the more time... and and the beauty is you can even take the so like for example this live stream you're watching right now and when it's done ross could take it completely change the thumbnail completely change the title to make it look different you know i used to put live in my thumbnails and then realize why the majority yeah. of people were watching it after the fact so it really didn't matter if it was live so i just stopped doing that at all and, and focused on what i was talking about now you mentioned the the show that we did and uploading uh, a new version of it, a condensed yep. version, uh, so that basically it fits the flow of what people expect when they're going to watch an on-demand video versus the longer form conversational uh, yeah. piece that that we did live. Now, do you change the thumbnail? Do you change the title? What do you do if you re-upload a a clip yeah. or a condensed version how do you optimize that um or how do you make sure that youtube doesn't think you're doing double content on your channel yeah yeah what you don't want to do is if i had taken that that live stream and downloaded it and just re-uploaded it where it looks exactly the same it's it, it, i mean it's the same content and mm -hmm. youtube doesn't like that at all i'm not 100 percent sure you get dinged on it but they just don't like that which makes sense right mm -hmm. um but yes the the goal is the, the key is is that you you repackage it mm -hmm. and packaging is everything so for the one you're talking about, yeah, I gave it a, the title is close. I think I called our live streams, uh, six reasons every video create. I think I said content creator should write a book. And I think for the other one, I changed it to six reasons every video creator should write. Ah, okay. Um, completely different thumbnail. And the other thumbnail, there's both of us and our books on the edited one. There's my camera sitting on a stack of books. Right. right. Um, which by the way, uh, I'll, I'll admit that I was stumped on a thumbnail and I went to my good friend AI and I said, I'm doing a video about this. What are some thumbnail ideas? And one of them was a camera sitting on a stack of books. Nice. And I thought, okay, I think I can do that. And, and so that's how I did that. But yeah, you want to repackage it. Some of the descriptions a little different. Um, but you know, I, I tell you who does a amazing job with this is uh sean cannell with think media podcast so he'll do these long podcasts you know it could be 45 minutes hour hour and a half and then they'll chop them up based on segments in the video so in reality i could take our live stream so i did it one cut it down where we had all six things in there 
but then I could do six individual videos that are shorter on just each one of those points. Mm. And you could do a quick intro or you could just cut to it. Um, I'll, I'll share an example if you want of one that, that really worked for me. When shorts first came out, I did a live stream with Desiree Martinez and Shelly Saves the Day. Talking about shorts. Well, going into it, I knew there were certain things I was going to ask, like, you know, do you need a thumbnail? Because that was that was the big hot topic. You know, do you need a thumbnail for your shorts? And there were several other things. So I kind of had it segmented out. And so we did the live stream. And then I from that live stream, I cut four shorter version videos. To date, I think the live stream has maybe over 100 views. But one of the videos, it's like two or three minutes, maybe three, four minutes with a new thumbnail and a new title. Do do short do uh, do you need a thumbnail in your shorts has over a thousand views right? just on right. that one video. And you can always link back to the longer video, too, which I do in our shorter one. So so, yeah, repackage it. But think about that, you know, and it may be that your live stream doesn't repurpose that way, but it could. You could go in and say, hey, today I'm going to talk about, you know, three things about video podcasting. And so you, you talk about your three things, that's a video. And then somebody asks a question, that could be a video. And so you start thinking about, oh, okay, yeah, I could repackage that. But yet the whole thing still lives. I think like most of my better performing videos are uploads, not, not live streams. Even if they were live streamed on another platform and then just uploaded with no almost no editing or minimal editing yeah. to YouTube, um, it seems to be easier. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's changing, um, but it, it, how do you not get discouraged if you're a new YouTube live streamer? when you go through and you see it's not that many views now you you're uploading directly you might not get that many views in the beginning either but it tends to be from talking to a lot of different people they yeah. just don't see the same number of views or same uh number of comments after yeah. the video on a live stream versus one that they uploaded just uploaded yeah. directly I think that's I, I honestly I think that's a fair question and and one that every person has to struggle with on their own at some point. Um, you know, it's there's this rush you get. I'll just talk about YouTube. There's this rush right. you get when you publish a video and it gets any views and then all of a sudden it gets a lot of views. I mean, just this week I had a video um, hit 100,000 views. I published it in February. Most of my videos don't do that. It don't do that that quickly um live streams in general mostly don't get a ton of views initially now what can sway that bigger audience bigger creator um going live more often mm -hmm. you know um and and the the beauty with youtube is you can go into your if you're new to youtube it's called youtube studio and you can get more analytics than it's overwhelming at some point, but it'll show you over time. Now it takes, you're going to have to do the reps and do right. this for a while to get enough data for YouTube to show you. But like, you know, I've got enough where I can see what my viewers watch most, whether it's produced or live or shorts. And then the ones that watch live do, what do they watch and things like that? So that can guide it. 
But I would say, you know, you got to figure out what your expectations are. And it's tough. You know, if I put a video out next week and in no time it gets a thousand views, well, my next one may not. Right. You know, right. And you're like, well, dang it. It didn't do that well. And it's like, what were you expecting? Well, maybe it only had a hundred views only. It had a hundred views, but you had five comments. Mm -hmm. Or if you're a business, you got a lead off of it. Right. Or, you know, and so there's different ways of looking at it. Unless you make your video or live stream unlisted, it'll be there forever. Um, my highest viewed live stream is two years old, I think, two years old, hmm. and has over 3,000 views and continues to grow over time. But it wasn't just like hang out with Kevin. I think it was like uh, it was either how to look better on camera or how to get multiple angles out of one camera shot so i mean it was i went into it methodically. It was sort of a how-to kind yeah. of concept yes. yeah. that somebody yeah. would be looking yeah. for yeah. um yeah. now do you uh do, have you ever done a live um taken it offline afterwards or set it as private or what have you and then just re-uploaded the same video as is to see how to to compare no no, I mean, I typically, I mean, there was, there was, you know, this technically is not my first YouTube channel. I had one mm -hmm. before this one, the one I have, I say this one, mine. And I, for some, like a dork, I deleted it and I started right. over. And now I am, I am an absolute proponent against deleting. Why? Right. You know, why? You never know. First of all, you never know what it's going to hit and click and it may never. And it's also kind of part of our legacy in history. Right, right. But yeah, I my thing is kind of, if I put it out there, I just leave it. Mm -hmm. I just leave it. I don't ever take it down. Um, you know, now granted, if I, let's say I live stream today on my channel, you know, a month from now, it's got like three views. You know, I could take it down and then re-chop it up and, re, and do it as a video and repackage it. And it might do better. How much you know, work but, do you want to put into a video that yeah, just, got three views I, and it's there yeah. anyway? Yeah, yeah. I would put that time into a new video. So you honest. leave it there and you never know, right? Yeah. It could yeah. take off a year from now. The topic could get hot or... Yeah. Yeah, the video I mentioned a few minutes ago that just hit 100,000. I mean, if you look at the line, it's just doing this for quite a while. I mean, quite right, a while. Right. And then all of a sudden, it just goes. And... Uh, I can't attribute anything to that other than it just did. <laughs> Are there any new trends on YouTube, new things that um, a new live streamer who might be aware a little bit of how YouTube works, but hey, here's yeah. some new things that's going on with the algorithm or with what YouTube's telling creators that, that they should be aware of? Well, I mean, they just announced, they had this big event that I was not invited to, so I'm my feelings were hurt, um, called, um, <laughs> made by YouTube. And they announced some, some pretty interesting things coming next year for everybody, including there's going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, there's going to be more baked in AI tools, if you will, inside all of our studios. Um, and, and let me just say, if you're watching this and you're like, Oh, I don't know about AI, call it whatever you want a lot of times we use AI and we don't even know we're using it. They, it's just now that's the new buzzword, right? Mm -hmm. But it's going to be things to help creators like come up with titles, 
come up with ideas. Um, I mean, they're not going to tell you the video to do, but I think that's huge. They're going to be introducing uh, thumbnail testing where mm -hmm. literally Ross could have uploaded when it, and, and we'll, we're all going to get it. Um, Ross, you don't have to, but Ross could have uploaded two different thumbnails for a video. Let's say he repurposes this one and YouTube will tell him which one is getting more traction, which one is getting more clicks, which one is leading to more views because ultimately they want people on the platform. Right. I hear, I hear, um, not through any secret source, just watching YouTube videos, that um, they're going to be introducing live streaming to shorts, um, which doesn't surprise me because they've gone way all in on it. I personally think, <laughs> because of TikTok, they've gotten so distracted with shorts that they've maybe let some other parts of YouTube not, not slide, but... You know, there hasn't been a lot that has changed in the live streaming part of YouTube. I think it's kind of the same. And I heard that I think they want to start kind of addressing that because, again, you know, it's it, there's people that just want to go live. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I, I would say that there's more opportunities coming for shopping. Um, they've teased that online courses we might be able to host online courses on there but after but i i actually tweeted the other day and got youtube to reply that there's no there's no um scheduled release date of that uh, they are adding the and this could be huge for some people they are adding the ability to add multi-language tracks to your video so you know, because some people will take their videos and have them revoiced for a Spanish audience or a, you know, Japanese audience or something like that. And you'll soon have the ability to do that on the one channel. And that could open up, you know, your your channel and your content to a whole new world. No, well, no pun intended. And that would be using AI. It would just be done. I, from what you, I understand, or? it is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it sounds exciting. I mean, it sounds like a lot oh, of new technology yeah. and a lot of new features coming along. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, and, and I'm sure they're working on stuff we don't know about, but it's, you know, I mean, technically according to YouTube, my channel has been around since 2017. I really only got serious about it a few years ago. And even since then seeing the things that have changed now, they take away some things too. Right. Um, but it just, it's, it's fairly easy. Now it is easy to, create a channel and upload videos now there's a lot more to it than that right but again it just it it to me is the it, it's just i don't know it's just the best platform to be on beauty bubble says youtube is one of the best proof of work assets one can have in in my opinion earlier when we were talking about uh the chat for live streams she mentions that the chat is an underutilized feature I've been seeing much more chatters talking amongst themselves as a live creator gets sorted out. Your chatters can be the heart of your outreach. Yes, that is a, yeah. a very, very important thing as you grow. If you have a, a supportive audience that comes back, the chat can uh, really sort of talk amongst yourselves while I figure out why my audio is going in the wrong way or <laughs> what yeah. have you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, what and, and that's a that's a fantastic point. And that that speaks to community. Um, it happened on a live stream I did once where 
you know, more people were starting to hang out and I, I glanced over and you see people talking to each other. And I thought, I, I love this, you know, I mean, I don't need to be the center of attention. I mean, the fact that you know, it's like going to a party and then people start talking to other people and they start connecting. So yeah, she absolutely right. Tell me about this live streaming into uh, shorts. Is this like just a vertical video live stream and you can yeah. go as long as you want or is this a one minute or less live stream but hey we're gonna do it live <laughs> yeah you know what i didn't you know that's a great question i didn't think about that from what i understand it'll be vertical um mm -hmm. i don't know that you would have i mean i i think there would probably be at some point the capability of you live and it goes landscape and and vertical i don't know why you would do that though because if it's on your channel you're going to see you know so my guess is you would say yeah i want to i want to go vertical to me it doesn't make personally it wouldn't make any sense to live stream for a minute it's mm -hmm. just like really i mean what the heck sometimes it takes five minutes for the notifications to even go out i have a feeling i don't know this but my gut is if they do activate live on shorts and this may be why they haven't done it you'll have the opportunity to go longer, mm. you know? And of course, then the minute that happens, people are going to say, well, can I go, can I go longer just on shorts, <laughs> you know? And there is something to be said about if, if you're going to do it, you know, you got a minute, make it happen, tell your story, show your product, have fun and just be done. Well, I, I mean, I think that, um, you know, thinking back to something Brian Fanzo used to talk about, probably five years ago or so he used to say sometimes creativity is enhanced where there's limitations so True. if it yep. was a new genre of one minute live streams that that would be uh pretty 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 exciting i think um chris Carnes here hey the podcast engineer podcast engineering school good to see you thanks for joining us um so yeah, as we wrap up, I guess the, the last thing I was thinking of is maybe it's just people who primarily have a shorts audience. They're basically creating shorts yeah. on a regular basis, want to be able to perhaps live stream vertically to a shorts audience because their audience isn't so much a, a follower of their channel as a consumer of their shorts that constantly show up in their feed. Now a live stream would show up. Because, you yeah. know, if you watch somebody's shorts, I mean, if you watch somebody's channel, their channel videos will show up. But with shorts, it's like, you know, it's one after the other. You can get your shorts down to where it's the same person yeah. 18 times in a row if you watch yeah. enough of their stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I think where it will come into play, and this this all probably has to do with, you know, the viewer, the person, the content. You know, I can't personally fathom watching holding up my phone vertically and watching, you know, a 10, 15 minute video vertically. Right. Uh, right. I'm, I'm a, I'm a horizontal kind of guy. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, and you're right. It could, it could usher in a whole new way of, of going live. It's just, how does that work? I don't know. I don't know. And you know, they could try it and, never release it because they do beta test stuff a lot and sometimes they just go you know it's just not working so we're not going to release it yeah 
Well, thanks so much, Kevin. The book is live streaming made easy. The author is Kevin Colby. It's a number one bestseller on Amazon. It's available in paperback and in ebook. Uh, I'm super honored again that you asked me to write the forward. I really enjoyed uh, doing that, and and the book is terrific. And if you're getting started live streaming, and I've worked with a lot of new live streamers as well as advanced people. I, I can't think of a better thing to do tonight to get started tomorrow than read this book. There's no fluff. There's no advertising pitches. It is straight the the information you need to be capable and competent and have a, a really well-developed sense of what you need to do without getting overwhelmed. It's a wonderful accomplishment, Kevin, and congratulations and much success with the book. And I, I can't wait to see what you do next. Yeah, me either. <laughs> <laughs> you might thanks surprise for having me yourself. on. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks so much. Uh, appreciate you coming on. This is live stream deals. We'll be doing more shows uh, over the next couple of weeks. We have next week on Wednesday coming up, Brendan Mulligan from PodPage. PodPage is an app that basically lets you set up a podcast website from your RSS feed in minutes. He's got a whole new tier of features, and so we look forward to talking to him about that uh, next week on Wednesday. And, of course, every Thursday we have the Stream Leader Report live panel yesterday. Uh, we did a show. We have Rob Greenlee is a Hall of Fame podcaster. He's a regular on the panel. Claudia Santiago, a singer, entertainer, and live streamer, is a regular on the panel. And Rebecca Gunter, who hosts a wonderful show called Business in the Raw and is a writer and, and business coach, she's on the panel every week, the four of us. Thursday is 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, discuss the latest in tech and uh, news and different topics. We have some fun. We tackle some serious topics as well. Uh, so thanks, everybody, for being here. Thanks to, of course, Kevin Colby. Get his book over at Amazon. Link in the description. Uh, thanks to Chris Curran for coming by. Beauty Bubble. Great to see uh, the great Skyrider from Durham. The great Durham Skyrider. Patricia A. Murray, nice to see you. Uh, Dr. Stewart was here earlier. And thank you all so much. We'll see you again on another episode of Livestream Deals.